This is Bigger Pockets Daily, the audio sidekick to the Bigger Pockets blog. I'm your host, Tyler. And think about it this way each of these episodes is like one short chapter from a giant audiobook written by the world's best and brightest real estate investors. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app landlord. That's rent.app landlord. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The Top 10 Housing Markets Forecasted for Strong Demand This Decade by Dave Meyer Strong demographics have fueled the U.S. demand for housing over the last several years, as millennials, myself included, now the largest generation alive in the country, hit their peak home-buying age, demand for home purchases and rental units has surged. This demographic strength has been one of the several variables that have pushed up home prices since prior to the pre-pandemic period. But demographics isn't everything when it comes to demand. Economics matters too, and with persistently high inflation and a great deal of economic uncertainty, there is the risk that demand for housing could slow in the coming years. What happens to demand over the coming years will have big implications for real estate investors, of course. As such, in today's podcast, I'm going to go ahead and break down recent demand trends, provide a forecast for national demand over the coming years, and also give a list of the top and bottom 10 markets for housing demand growth. First, let's take a look at measuring demand. There are several ways to measure demand for housing. We typically look at total sales volume, mortgage purchase applications, and some conglomerate metrics like inventory and months of supply to measure the balance between supply and demand. In the rental market, we typically use a metric known as absorption, which measures the total number of occupied rental units in a given market. To combine these different markets into one useful metric, I like to track the total number of households and the growth rate of that number. If you're unfamiliar with the formal definition of a household, the census website states, A household, or ordinary household, in the sense of the census survey, describes all the persons sharing the same main residence, without these persons necessarily being blood-related. In other words, any housing unit occupied as a primary residence is a household. If you live with your parents, that's a household. Live with a partner and your kids? You got it, that's a household. If you live with one or more roommates, even though you're not blood relatives, it's still a household. 
This definition makes sense because it helps us measure the total demand for primary residence housing units. If you add up all of the households in the United States, that should, in theory, be equal to the total demand for primary residences in the country as well. Uh, by the way, this analysis doesn't include demand for second homes or short-term rentals. Over time, the total number of households tends to grow because the population is growing. The birth rate in the U.S. has slowed considerably, but it will take decades for that to be reflected in household formation numbers. In fact, right now, we're at a high point for household growth, believe it or not. According to the 2020 U.S. Census, the biggest age brackets in the U.S. are 25 to 29-year-olds, followed by 30 to 34-year-olds. This population distribution aligns closely with the age at which most people start their own household, which is typically when a person reaches their late 20s or early 30s. This demographic reality has driven strong demand for rental units and housing for several years. But as I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you remember... Population is not the only factor that impacts household formation. It is possible for household formation to slow, even with a strong demographic. And the opposite is true as well. Household formation can speed up even if the population trends aren't particularly strong. Economics plays a large factor in household formation. People won't take the financial leap to form a household unless their financial situation supports it. And right now, as we all know... The economic picture is cloudy at best. For the last several years, rent growth and home price growth have made housing generally unaffordable in the U.S. The U.S. is now rent-burdened for the first time, and housing affordability has hit multi-decade lows. All of this is happening at a time when inflation is eating into the spending power of all Americans, and there is fear of further economic pain in the future. Basically, it's not a great time to start a household if you don't have to, and the data supports it. The data from CoStar shows us household formation has been on a wild ride over the last few years, as has basically all housing market data, by the way. Following a brief period of negative growth during the beginning of the pandemic, housing formation rapidly recovered, leading to strong demand for houses and rental units. But the frenzy peaked in Q3 of 2022 and has come down very sharply. CoStar provides a forecast of where they expect household formation to be over the coming years, and it's markedly lower than pre-pandemic. Personally, I think there is some more downside risk in the short term than is seen in the forecast, but I think the five-year average is probably about right given demographic trends. So this slowdown in demand will, of course, impact real estate investors, as it will likely lead to slower appreciation and rent growth in the coming years. But it's important to recognize that demand is still increasing, and most experts believe we are still undersupplied for housing in the U.S., meaning demand can slow down, but the market may not reach equilibrium anytime soon because supply is so low. And as we all know, just again another reminder, Real estate is local. Using CoStar's historical data and their five-year forecast, I found that there are actually 10 markets with the strongest forecasted demand and 10 markets with the weakest forecasted demand over the coming years. I filtered only for markets with greater than 100,000 households because a lot of the smaller markets are just less recognizable and 
probably less interesting to all of you who are listening to this right now. So <laughs> here are the top 10 markets for forecasted demand. I'm just going to list them. I'm not going to go into the last five-year CAGR or the five-year forecast CAGR and all those numbers and percentages because that would get very boring very fast. So here are the top 10 markets <laughs> for forecasted demand. Provo, Utah. Austin, Texas. Lakeland, Florida. Boise, Idaho. Ogden, Utah. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Houston, Texas. Orlando, Florida. Charlotte, North Carolina. Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. I know a guy from North Carolina, and that's just how his, it comes out when I say North Carolina. <laughs> anyway, here are the bottom 10 markets for forecasted demand. Woohoo! Avoid these places Charleston, West Virginia, Flint, Michigan, Youngstown, Ohio, Erie, Pennsylvania, Binghamton, New York, Rockford, Illinois, Peoria, Illinois, Huntington, West Virginia. Canton, Ohio, and Utica, New York. For the top markets like Provo, Utah, and Austin, Texas, the total number of households is expected to grow by 2% per year for each of the next five years. On the other side of the equation, Charleston, West Virginia, which is projected to decline by 1.2% per year for each of the next five years. The conclusion of all of this for investors who are considering what market to invest in, I highly recommend you go ahead and study the household formation patterns in your city. Population growth is a good start, but if you really want to understand what's happening with the demand for housing, look at household formation. The Census Bureau has free data, love that, you can analyze to see historical performance. And you can Google projections for your city to help you get a sense of what might be coming in your area. That's a wrap on today's episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. If you're enjoying the show, can I ask for a favor? Please leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It takes a few seconds, and your feedback really helps us out. Thank you. Oh, really? And we'll see you again soon.